Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Wednesday, February the 1st, 2023, at 12.02 p.m. Central Time. Today's Focus, Draw Me Close. Today's focus, Draw Me Close, which is a song by Michael W. Smith. And you may be saying, why are you going to talk about a Michael W. Smith song? Well, here's the reason why. I don't know what time it was. I was listening to family radio. Somewhere early this morning, all of a sudden, this kind of praise and worship song came on, and I started listening to the lyrics. Immediately, I knew the voice. I'm like, okay, that's Michael W. Smith. Know the voice. And then I'm like, and I just started listening to the lyrics, and I was, and I know, forgive me if this sounds harsh or rude or insensitive, but there was a little bit of me as I was listening to Michael W. Smith sing Draw Me Close and listening to the lyrics. There was a part of me that says, oh, come on now. Come on now. No one really believes this. No one really, really, truly believes these words. Nobody. It's just, it's, it's a pretend Christianity. Now, we talked about the hierarchy of needs in a Today's Focus episode a few days ago, right? And I, and I really called into question, would Jesus really be enough? Like, if all of these needs were not being met, would we be, would we be able to say, hey, I have Jesus, that's all I need. This need's not being met, this need's not being met, I don't have this, I don't have that. And I'm perfectly content. I've learned to be content in whatever state because I have Jesus. Now, we, we, we talk about that. We may long for that to be true. We may even try to confess that it is. But it's easy to confess it's true when you have all of those needs being met. It's, it's far different to truly live that. And I, and I talked about how I believe that there's really three kinds of Christianity. There's the infocommercial Christianity, the, Christ, the Christianity that we sell, that we say you come to Jesus and you'll have everything. I mean, you'll be perfectly happy even if you lose everything. But so that's the infocommercial uh, Christianity. Then we have what I call the pretend Christianity, where we pretend to have everything that we supposedly you know, was offered in the info commercial. And then there's the real Christianity, what we really experience, what we really feel, what we're really going through, but we can't really tell anyone, right? That, that's the Christianity we don't tell anyone we, because we, we hide that. But when we show up to church or small group, we, we go back to the pretend Christianity that somehow we got everything that was offered in the info commercial. And I, I still believe that there's, there's a truth to this illustration that I use often. There's the info commercial, there's the pretend, and there's the real. And and nobody really wants to be honest about the real Christianity. And I think a lot of times the people who are very honest and express the real Christianity, what they really live, what they really feel, what they really go through, they're almost viewed as people as, well, you know, you don't have enough faith or there's something wrong with you. And you almost feel ostracized and like I, you don't fit in anywhere because the only way to fit into Christianity is you have to do the pretend kind. You have to pretend something that everyone knows isn't actually the reality. And I know that, that that's going to make people mad, but I just feel there's a, a lot of pretending. So when I was hearing the song by Michael W. Smith, Draw Me Close, 
There was a part of me that was like, come on, there's that pretend thing. Or is this, is this the, the info commercial? Is draw me close the info commercial form of Christianity? So we're going to look at the lyrics and I'm going to just show you or just try to point out the lyrics that really bothered me. I would love to get your thoughts on it. You may think it's a beautiful song. You may like the emotions it causes you to feel. You may long for this kind of Christianity to be true. I think it's much more of an experiential kind of Christianity. We could talk about that. There's a an experiential kind of Christianity and there's one that's much more, I will say, text-based, scripture-based. I think the experiential kind is very misleading and leads to a lot of manipulation and a lot of pretending. I think that as well. And I think it requires a lot of things to keep those emotions going. We could have that discussion, but draw me close. I I would play the song, but obviously there's copyright issues, so I cannot. I wish I could play even like a a 30-second clip, but when it comes to music, you don't don't want to go there. You don't even want to do that. Because even if you play a 30-second clip for our review purposes, which should be allowed under fair use law, when it comes to music, people don't play. So I'm not going to play any of it. You can find it anywhere. Draw Me Close, song by Michael W. Smith. I heard it on family radio somewhere early this morning. And as I was laying there in the dark, here are the words I heard. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will do because nothing else can take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way. Bring me back to you. Now, sometimes when you read those lyrics, you're like, wait a minute, is this about God or is this about a girlfriend? Is this about God or is this about your wife? What? Who is this about? Okay, but all right, I understand a lot of praise songs are basically, (laughs) they just sound like love songs, but okay, okay. But just listen to some of that. Let's say that this is about God because it supposedly is. Let this, you are my desire. No one else will do. You're all I, no one else will do. You are it. Now, we we love to say that, that God is the most important thing, but is he really? Because isn't it interesting that as Christians, we confess no one else will do while we have someone else. Michael W. Smith is married. He has, I think, five children. No one else will do. No one else? Well, then why didn't you just remain single and dedicate yourself to God? I mean, can we be honest that, yes, I love you, Lord, but I also need that. And I, so no one else will do, I, I don't know. I, now you may be thinking I'm being too critical, but I just think, again, we, we sometimes say these things that I don't know how much we actually mean them. Let, let's continue. No one else will do because nothing else can take your place to feel the warmth of your embrace. I don't know exactly how you feel the warmth of, of, of God's embrace, but okay. Help me find the way, bring me back to you. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. Now that sounds so good. You're you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. Wouldn't it be awesome if I could say, God, you're the only thing I've ever wanted and you're all I need. I don't need anything else. Well, I mean, I need my wife. I need my five children. Oh, and by the way, 
Michael W. Smith's net worth as of 2022 was $14 million. Hey, hey, you're all I want. You're all I need. But it's nice having $14 million. You're all I want and you're all I need. But it's good to have my family. You're all I want and you're all I need. But it's good to have this nice house and property. You're all I want. You're all I need. Now, I'm not being critical of him having $14 million. I'm not being critical of him having a wife or kids. I'm not. What I'm trying to say is that it's easy for us as Christians to give this impression that if you get Jesus, you'll never hunger or thirst again. And we mean that like in a very like, I'll never hunger and thirst for anything, that I'll be perfectly content. But it's easy to say that I'm content when I have all of these other things. What happens when all of those other things are gone? What happens if he wakes up and his net worth is zero? He, his wife and kids are gone. His house is gone. His money is gone. His career is gone. It's all gone. Is he now perfectly happy and can, that Jesus is all he needs? God is all he wants. God is all he needs. Now, some people say, well, that's not being fair. We can say that God is all we want and all we need, but it's perfectly okay to want and need these other things. Well, then God is not all that I want and God is not all that I need. I just know there's lots of words and praise songs that everyone sings. They raise their hands and sing. But sometimes when you listen to the words, I'm like, does anyone actually believe anything that we're actually singing? Because we're all going to walk out of here and the reality we live, this is like the Christianity we pretend. This is the info commercial. Come to Jesus and you'll have everything you want, everything you need. You won't need one thing else. He perfectly satisfies. Nothing else can satisfy. Jesus is the only thing that will satisfy. That's the info commercial. Then everyone becomes a Christian, claims Jesus is everything that I've ever needed. He's the, ever, the thing I've ever wanted. He perfectly satisfies. I doesn't need. I don't need anything else. I you know I will never hunger and thirst again. That's what we pretend. But over here in real life, well, man, I need a wife and I need a job and I need this and I want that and I need this and I want this and I need this and I want this. And there's a lot of discontentment and there's a lot of unhappiness and there's depression and there's discouragement and there's worry and there's anxiety, but we're not supposed to say that. So do we sing these songs to express what we wish was true or are we singing these songs to express what we are pretending to be true are we singing these songs to try to sell what we know isn't true? I mean, wouldn't it be better to sing a song saying, draw me close to you, Lord, never let me go. Because Lord, you're not my only desire. Lord, many other things satisfy and take my attention. You're not all that I want. You're not all that I need. But help me draw me closer to you. Wouldn't it be better if the song was more brutally honest and real? Do you think there's a lack of transparency and raw realism within Christianity and Christianity becomes something that we pretend is something that we know it's not deep down. 
look, I can't speak for you. I, there's no way I could raise my hands and say, Lord, you're all I want. I couldn't say that because there's lots of things I want. Lord, you're all I've ever needed. I can't say that because there's lots of things I feel I need. I don't think I can say, you're, uh, Lord, you're all I want. I, 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 don't, I don't think I could say those words. I don't think I could sing those words. I, I put it this way. I could sing them, but not mean them in any way, not in any tangible way. Again, Michael W. Smith is worth, again, of, as of 2022, $14 million. $14 million, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it easy to say, Lord, you're all I need and you're all I want when you have more you, I mean, he has four, he's worth $14 million. He has far more than his needs. He probably has everything he's ever wanted for, in a very materialistic, physical way. He's got a wife. He's got kids. He's got family. He's got friends. He's got a career. He's got fame. He's got popularity. He's got influence. Isn't it easy to say, Lord, you're all that I want when you already have everything you could want? Now, you could say, well, 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 those things don't make me happy. What? So God is what I want. God, God. It's easy to say that when you have it. See, that, that's why I did that whole broadcast about Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. We look at those needs. Um, someone just asked a very important question. Would you say that Job was content? He lost literally everything and seemed to be in distress, not sinful, but, but, uh, not exactly content. I completely agree. I think, I think Job does one, there's one miraculous thing Job does that I, that I'm always convicted when I, that whole story, I have so many issues with the story of Job. If you, if you know anything personally about it, because God sets that whole thing up. Oh, the whole, oh, the whole story. But there's that one beautiful scene when after he's lost everything, he worships God. And he's basically, God gives, God takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That is, that is powerful. That is powerful. But even though Job was able to say those words, look at everything else he says. God, where are you? I wish I was never born. I wish I was dead. There's a lot of pain and suffering. And I think there's a lot. Uh, I, I, I think it would be very hard to say that Job was content. I think that there is clearly a lack of contentment there. He, he's, he's upset. He's, where are you, God? And then he, he begins to ask God all of those questions at the end of the story, and then God doesn't give him any answers and just bombards him with question after question after question after question. I think even when he when he wants to approach God and ask those questions, there's a, still a lack of a, a lack of contentment. He wants answers. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand in any way, shape, or form. There's a lack of understanding. Now I know Paul. And Philippians talks about learning to be content. In whatever state he finds himself. And I'm not saying it's something we shouldn't struggle. Put it this way. If you can reach true level of contentment, there's a famous Puritan book uh, on contentment. It's one of the Puritan paperbacks. I need to look at, oh, let's see. Um, hang on. I, gotta, I can't remember the name of it and who wrote it. Give me one second. I think we have it at our, in our church library. A Puritan paperback. 
on contentment. The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. Uh, that's a, fam- a famous book written by the uh, one of the Puritans. And uh, I think I've read some of it in the past. And, and I, I don't, I think I just, I think I felt more like, well, I'm never going to do, I'm never going to reach that. I, all I can say is maybe I should, Job, I don't think showed contentment. I think there, there's, there, there was an acceptance and he was willing to accept that God, he didn't blame other things. He, he knew God was involved in the situation so there's some beautiful things in the story. I don't want to in any way diminish what Job did accomplish, but I don't know if contentment was there. And clearly there was, a, 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 he wanted to escape it. He wanted to be dead. He wished he was never born. He had questions. He was, he didn't know where God was. So I think that there's clearly a lack of contentment. This is what I would say. If you can truly truly, 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 truly say, Lord, You're all I want and all I need, and you can, and that it's genuine, it's real. It's not you pretending; it's genuine and real. Then, by no means would I criticize or judge that or say that that's wrong. If it's real, I just think that Christianity doesn't create an environment where you can say, "I'm not content. Uh, this need is not being met. No, I'm unhappy. No, I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I don't know where God is." And you can say that, and people don't go, "Oh." I just know I can't sing Draw Me Close by Michael W. Smith and mean those words in any way, shape, or form. That, I'm sorry. And I don't know how Michael W. Smith could sing those words, knowing that not only he's probably at a concert where he's getting paid to sing those words, or he sings those words on a recording that every time they're streamed, he earns money. And so he's, you know, he's worth, what, $14 million. I, I don't know. If, if you have everything you want, what... what is it not easy to say, Lord, you make me content? Or is is it are you finding your contentment in God? Are you finding contentment in all of the material things that you have? And again, this is not to be critical of Michael W. Smith. Someone's going to misinterpret this. I, I'm not here, I'm not making any critique of him or judging him, but he's the one who sings the song. He's the one, and so I have to um I'm simply using him as an illustration of us all. This is not a critique of him. This is a critique of me. I'm saying that I could not say those words. There's things I want. There's things I need. I, I, I want and need. I would love to be able to just pay off my house. If I could just pay off my house. What, $100,000 in my house would be paid off. I would be good to go. I would be. I would be. I would be. I would then reach that state of being able to say, I have all that I need and all that I want because, I mean, I wouldn't have to worry about it anymore between my, all my other, that's, that my house would be, I mean, it's the only thing that really, other than that, everything else is good. And I, I I mean, I can make my house payment, but if it was paid off, it would just be gone. Then I, then it would be easy for me to say, I have, Lord, you're all that I want and all that you need because that one big financial thing, that's not really, it's not really a problem, but you just wish it was gone, you know? Uh, okay, someone else just said they uh, uh, they couldn't honestly sing those words either. And that's, I guess that's the problem. So what are we doing in, in praise and worship? There's lots of praise and worship songs like that. 
There's lots of praise and worship songs like that. I've heard praise and worship songs about say things like, you know, it's your word. I treasure your word above everything else. I love your word. Your word is all that I want. Your word is, and I mean, give me a break. Nobody even reads their Bibles and we're singing this. I, I just, I, I just have trouble with it. And I get maybe, maybe, maybe that's the problem with a lot of praise and worship songs. They're praise and worship songs that's supposed to be about God, but in a roundabout way, they become about us. And isn't that always the problem when we become a part of anything? When we're like, Lord, you're all, uh, you may be thinking that that song is written about God, but it's really about us. See, I'm content in God. God is all that I need. It becomes about me. Now, if we say God is sufficient for everything, God should be all that we want. God should be all that we need. We should be content in God because he's all power. I mean, he's everything. Then that's one thing. But to say that I am something that I'm not takes a praise song and turns it into me confessing or, or professing something that's not actually true. Do you see how it's a subtle shift? You're like, this song is about God. I'm like, but I think we're singing about us. We may be trying to say God's word is this treasure and it's food and it's amazing. But the minute I confess in the song or sing in the song that it's my greatest treasure, it's, it's, it's all these things. It's everything that I want and everything. I don't need anything other than your word. Even though I, I, I can argue that I'm trying to exalt God's word. In reality, I'm exalting how I'm exalting myself and that how I find God's word to be everything that I want and everything that I need or God to be everything I want and I need. It's a subtle shift in uh, sometimes you have to look at the lyrics. You're like, okay, I know this is designed to bring praise to God, but it looks like it's becoming about me and what I do. I think it's, it's, it's a very subtle, you have to, you go back to our study on discernment. You have to discern this. Now, now some, some churches would say, okay, you just confess it. It's the idea. I can't remember which audio we were reviewing. They made some comment that you fake it until you make it right. So is this us just professing something that we long to be true, even though it's not, I, I, I'm not a fan of faking it until we make it. I'm more of a fan of singing, Lord, you're not every, look, Lord, I don't love you with all my heart, my mind, my body, and soul. I don't love my neighbor as myself. I'm not as holy as you. You're not all that I want. You're not all that I need. Here's what I want right there. I can't even tell you what I want because there's other people around. But if other people were gone, I would tell you what I want. I would tell you what I need. I tell you what I'm longing for. And it's not right. And it's not godly. But as Christians, we, we're almost, uh, maybe, maybe this is okay to say. I think as Christians, we're almost trained from the start to play dress up, to play pretend. Today, for today's focus, I just want you to find the song by Michael W. Smith, Draw Me Close. I want you to listen to it. You may you may love the music. You may love the, the feelings. I think... Um, I mean, I, uh, I've seen Michael W. Smith in concert multiple times. Um, obviously, I spent years researching contemporary Christian music. If you don't know, I have a very much a love-hate relationship with contemporary Christian music. 
uh, contemporary Christian music was very, for those who don't know, was very instrumental in my salvation. Uh, if, if you don't know how it kind of it went down, this is how it kind of went, it went down. Um, I, I love music. And when I say I love music, there would be an under, you don't even understand what that means, right? I love, 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 love music. It's, I always joke, it's my first love. It's my drug. It's my air. I, 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 you just don't understand. Put some music on and I'm everything. And you say, that sounds like an idol. I'll be more than willing to acknowledge it's been idolatry at times. I'm more than willing to acknowledge it. But here's what happened. So I, I would constantly go through all the different radio stations to ensure that there was no new radio station and there wasn't a format change because I, I would explore everything. It, it didn't matter if it was the easy listening station, adult contemporary, pop, rock, country. I, I, had, I had some issues with country at the time. I wasn't willing to give it much of a chance. But other than that, almost every other genre, jazz, it didn't, it didn't matter, classical, whatever. So one day I'm going through the stations and there's a new radio station in the area, KGNZ 88.1, you know, Christian radio, Christian music. And so they start playing some music and I'm like, okay, wait, what is this? What is this stuff? I don't know much about this stuff. So I'm grabbing a notebook and I'm trying to write down artists. I'm like, where, where do you get this stuff? And I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a place in the mall called like the love shop. And I'm like, what is the love shop? And I guess it was like, it, it, was, it was kind of a, a semi-Christian store, but they had Christian music. So I, I'm writing down these artists and I'm like, okay, who are these artists, right? You know, and I'm, I'm writing them down. And there was a group by the name of Petra. And I'm like, okay, who, okay, this kind of I can see where this kind of fits into kind of 70s rock maybe kind of more more fits with 70s rock than maybe the 80s but okay I'm trying to I'm trying to put place and I'm like okay I'm gonna go buy some of their albums so I bought a few Petra albums and I remember that they were coming in concert bought a ticket and I went and saw and that was my first like real exposure and many ways to kind of the the Christian world so Petra Petra was very instrumental in my salvation in a lot of ways. Now, my salvation didn't occur till later, but Petra was very, like, Christian music kind of introduced me to a lot. I didn't understand a lot of it. There was, there was, there was things about it. Now, once I became a Christian, then I was immediately told, you know, all secular music is of the devil. And so you got to listen to these Christian bands. And then it became, there was like a lot of it I wanted to under appreciate, but there was a lot of times I was struggling because I'm like, this is just, there's no creativity here. They're, you're just copying what the world is doing. So I had kind of a, a back and forth with it. But I saw Michael W. Smith in concert multiple times. I, I probably have listened. I probably have heard every Michael W. Smith album from the beginning, maybe up until where he trans, kind of transitioned more into praise and worship, you know, kinds of albums. But all of his kind of trying to pursue almost like a pop form of Christianity, of Christian music. So I, I'm very familiar with him. I'm very, I'm very familiar with his music and very familiar with the Christian music world. But I just feel sometimes that that within Christian music, there's a lack of being real, real. And a lack now, and I think that sometimes I will never forget um, there was a Christian band in the 90s. And they wrote a song, I believe the song was called Divorce. And I, I've got the name of the band at the tip of my tongue, but I don't want to say it because I, 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 I want to make sure I'm not right. But I think the song was called Divorce and the Christian world lost its mind. Like, how dare you? De- you know, basically Christians don't do that. And it's like, 
but the song was very real about what's going on. And there was a lot of, there's been other artists that's tried to be very real in their music. And a lot of times they almost get ostracized or pushed out of the Christian world because the Christian world's like, no, you gotta, you gotta say all of the right words. You gotta say all of the right words and say all of the right things. And I just think that that's, I think that that's a problem in many cases. And I know even in preaching, same thing. You can't be too real. You, even in, in church, you can't be too real. And there's a lot of pretending. And so when I, when, so I understand where I was going with it before I, I took that kind of a little detour, where I was going was this. Today, for your folk, today's focus, I want you to listen to Draw Me Close by Michael W. Smith. And I, look, I, I liked his voice. There was, there was something about his voice. Some of his praise and worship songs, there's just something about his voice and the way he structures the songs that I think draws you in maybe emotionally. Right? And, I, and, and even last night when I heard Draw Me Close, I was like, wow, that's just the way he sings that. There was something about it that felt like I, I, there was a feeling, a positive feeling that came from it. But at some point I had to separate myself from the positive feeling. And then when he started singing those words about you're all I want and you're all I need, then I was like, can we say that? I I know we're supposed to say that. I know I'm supposed to say that. Now, I do believe when you say in Christ, I will never hunger or thirst again. I do believe that is true, but I, I believe that hunger and thirst is hungering and thirsting to satisfy God, to try to please God on my own, uh, hunger and thirst for salvation. Like, like, I don't know if it means I'll never hunger and thirst again for anything, because obviously we know it doesn't mean hunger and thirst for, for food, because we're still going to hunger and thirst for food and for drink. So I think it has a more spiritual meaning that like, hey, once I have Christ, I'm no longer having to work or struggle to please God or work or struggle to keep the law because it's all been done for me. In other words, I can finally have peace. I can finally be at rest because Christ has taken care of everything for my salvation. I look at it more from that vantage point. But there's this real mentality that once you get Jesus, then you have everything. But while we say that, we're getting in the car with our spouse or driving home with our, our family, going into, and, and we have all of these things that meets this need and meets this need and meets this, go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We have all of these things meeting all of these needs, and then we say, but Jesus is all that I need. If Jesus is all that you need, then don't get married, don't have a family. Just bear, have food and shelter and just spend your day with Jesus and be happy and be content. Jesus is all I need for salvation. Jesus is all that I want for salvation because he's it all. Now, in that case, I can sing it. You're all that I need for salvation. You're all I need for righteousness. You're all I need for obedience. You're all that I need because you are, your imputed righteousness takes care of every spiritual need. In Christ Jesus, I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. In Christ Jesus, I'm seated in heavenly places in him. I'm with him. I'm an adopted son of God. I'm a co-heir with Jesus. Like from a spiritual perspective, I can understand that. But if we transfer that over to a more like, 
practical way, which is how most Christians see it, I just have, I have a problem. I have a problem. I don't know. Is it just me? Today, look up the song, Draw Me Close by Michael W. Smith. Tell me, I want, I want you to know what, how you feel when you sing it. Sing it. I want you to, you know, turn up the volume. You can raise your hand. Sing it. I want you to sing it. And I want you to just, as you're singing it, think about the words and say, am I singing something that is really true of what I feel and believe? Or am I just singing words? And I, I'm just bad about this when it comes to, especially Christian music. Um, I'm always like, what? really? You know, like even at church, sometimes I'll, I'll be like, you know, hey guys, do we really believe this? Do we really believe this? Do we really believe that God's word is all that we want and God's word is all, because there's a certain praise song that talks about the word of God and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's everything. But is it what we sing, uh, we sing uh, at my church, I mean, if I can find it really quick, we sing this at my church. We sing these words. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Uh, The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And and so what we do is we sing Psalm 19, verse 7. Then we sing 10 as the chorus. Then we sing verse 8. Then 10 is the chorus. And we, and, and th- but then we sing these words. This is verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Now, we're singing scripture. We're singing the confession of the psalmist here, but I want, do we really believe that God's word? Now, I think it is to be desired more than gold. So if we sing it that way, like, Lord, I should be desiring it more than gold. It, it is, it's supposed to be sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. But if I'm singing that, like I'm singing this, like it's true of myself, that's where I have the problem. We can confess that it, God's word should be desired more than gold. It should be sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. I should desire God's word more than money and then food. I should. I don't. Nobody does. Nobody can say they deserve God. They desire God's word more than money or food. That's just ridiculous since we spend mo- most of our life working and eating, okay? So I, I just have a hard time. You know, I, I have a hard time. I, I, as much time as you spend... Eating, do you spend the equal amount of time studying God's word? Most most Christians don't. Some of you do. So I so there's a way to sing that, but even that just makes me like, okay, guys, we, this is the way it's supposed to be. I don't want anybody to think we're singing this because it's true of any of us, because it's not. So it's only in Christ that we can fulfill any of this because we fall short of it all. I don't know. I, hey. I, I've gone much longer than I'm supposed to for a today's focus, but that's what the today's focus is, is about. I still don't know if people understand really what these episodes are. Even, even the Colossians ones, I, I still don't know if people really understand what I try to do. I'm just I'm trying to just, whatever I'm thinking, I just want to turn on the microphone and share to spark conversations. Like I'm still, I'm still struggling with Colossians 3. How do I let the peace of God rule? How do I let the word of God dwell in me richly. I'm still struggling with that. I was talking about it late last night. I mean, I'm, I'm still been struggling with it all day. 
but also somewhere in the middle of, of all of that struggling with Colossians, all of a sudden I hear Draw Me Close by Michael W. Smith, and I'm like, well, this takes me back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If all those needs were gone, would I be content? Maybe contentment is possible, but I would never know if contentment is possible until I lose everything that brings contentment, right? I know this here in a little bit. I'm going to turn off this, the microphone. I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk downstairs. I'm going to walk through the kitchen. I'm going to walk through the living room, dining room kind of area. I'm going to walk into a hallway. I'm going to take a sharp right. I'm going to walk into my media room. There's my 65-inch television to the right. And right in front of me, there is all of my stereo equipment. Yamaha amp, Yamaha tuner, Yamaha CD player. I'm going to take my iPad Pro. I'm going to plug it in with my DAC, right? My amplifier, my DAC. And then I'm going to put on some nice pair of headphones. And I'm going to start listening to some music. Now, if I go there, and all of a sudden my Yamaha amp doesn't work, my iPad Pro doesn't work, the DAC, the amplifier that plugs into that for my headphones, and I put and my headphones don't work. If any of that doesn't work, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be content, and I'm not going to sit down and say, Lord, you're all that I want, and you're all that I need. I'm going to immediately go, how much money do I have? What do I have to do to get more money? Because I need to fix this equipment as soon as possible because I need my music. And you say, well, you're ungodly. Well, congratulations. You've just finally figured it out. I've always acknowledged I'm a sinner in front of a microphone. But that, that, that goes away. That's a massive part of my life. Do I, am I acknowledging it sometimes it may be more than it should be? I'm willing to acknowledge it. Is it, is it t- sometimes I struggle with maybe making it an idol. I'm more than willing to acknowledge that. I try to struggle with that. I try. I try. One of the reasons I try not to sleep so much is because I want to ensure that I balance it out. Okay, I spent this much time with music. Now I'm going to spend this much time listening to sermons. Or I'm going to try to balance it out. Maybe that's very legalistic. I know it doesn't have anything to do with my salvation because my salvation is based off the finished work of Christ, but I'm very aware of the struggle. But I just know this. If, if, I, if, if any of that happens... I'm not going to be saying, you're all that I need and you're all that I want. I'm going to be like, where, how do I get this replaced? Or I may actually, to be honest, I'll be like, hmm, I wonder if I could get the next up in the Yamaha amps. I could get the next best Yamaha amp. Then I'll, then I'll get tempted going, hmm, maybe I stop doing a theology podcast because I won't monetize it. Maybe I start doing a podcast about music. I mean, I've done that before. And I ended up the number one podcast, trending podcast in the country on Spotify. Hmm. And I monetized it and I made money. Maybe I could go monetize a podcast and make some money. Then I could have the stereo. Like I would literally start having those kinds of thoughts. And you say, well, you shouldn't do that. You're, you're committed to your theology podcast. I am, but I'm also a human being who has wants and needs and desires. What would praise music look like if it was, one, truly focused on God and not on us, and two, when it spoke of us? Uh, and, and if it's, someone just says, you're not allowed to stop this podcast. But I wonder what praise music would look like if it was truly about God and we removed us from it, 
because whenever we bring us in it, I think there's a problem. But two, what if we wrote songs that were more open and honest about what we really are, which were all sinners? None of us are really ever truly content with God. We truly don't love God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul. I wonder what it would look like if Christianity was much more open and transparent with the reality. I'm tired of the info commercial. I'm tired of the pretending. The reality is I'm a sinner who has lots of wants and lots of needs and lots of desires. This is just between you and me, right? Okay, so don't tell anyone, right? Shh, I need you to keep this on the down low. Some of those wants, needs, and desires, they're not very godly. That is today's focus for Wednesday, February, February the 1st, 2023.